0: Heavenly Father, how great Thou art. There's nowhere I'd rather be than wherever you are. Because Father, for too long, I've been trying to control my own life and to deal with my baggage on my own. Thank you for the invitation that you give to us to cast our cares onto you. Help me to be in a position to be willing to give up the things that I'm wrestling with and to seek your help in carrying my baggage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. So here we are in the final week of the baggage sermon series. And I'm going to give you a a brief recap of the first two weeks, and I think I can do it in one sentence, which makes you wonder why he sat through two weeks of sermons for one sentence. But here it is. Let go of the baggage in your life and travel freely into a life Filled with expectation and anticipation of all that God can do in you and through you. Sounds a little bit like a marketing email headline, doesn't it? That's trying to get you to keep reading the email. So are you interested in that? Or maybe does it make you feel a little bit anxious like you can't do it. Because if we're honest there's some of us here today or watching online today who've been hearing for so long that there are greener pastures ahead. That things are just about to turn the corner. But we're just plain tired. We're tired. We want to believe. We know that God is good. We just don't know where to begin. If that sounds like you today, then I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching. I want to start with a few scriptures to kind of wet our appetite. Psalms 55.2 two says, "Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall." Matthew six twenty-five says, "Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body." what you will wear. Is not life more than food and your body more important than clothes? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. He cares for you, for me, for each and every one of us. He wants the best for you. He wants you to have a whole and abundant life. So let's keep those truths in mind as we talk a little bit more about casting all of our cares on the creator of this world. See, as we start to identify the baggage in our lives, and as we start to figure out how to let it go, and we start to trust God with our future, there's something else, an essential ingredient that we need to add to the mix. Call it the secret sauce. And it is this, humility. You need to be willing to ask for help. To seek out your blind spots. To help you get untangled from the sin in your life and to move forward. You see, in that passage we read from 1 Peter chapter 5, it identifies humility before casting your cares onto Jesus. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. I don't know if you've ever come up with somebody or maybe you work with somebody who's a bit puffed up with pride. They just seem a little arrogant when it comes to everything. It's difficult to work with people like that. You think it would be any different in your relationship with God? The answer is no. It's not any easier. All of this, including a life of discipleship, takes an enormous amount of humility. Something Jesus knew, and he modeled it for us in becoming human and sacrificing himself. Us, you know, I've heard it said that humility isn't thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less. You see, I I read an article that, that said there are six attributes of healthy humility. Number one, you acknowledge that you don't have it altogether. And if you struggle with that people say how's your day and you say oh it's good when it wasn't good you struggle with the fact that you need to acknowledge that we don't have it all together number 2 you know the difference between self confidence and pride and there is a difference you can be confident in your abilities madison and isaac get up here they're confident in their abilities but they're not prideful when they're up here trust me i know all about self-confidence when it comes to trying to play a an instrument or sing i had to keep my voice down a little bit because afraid people would hear me over there some of you have heard the story about how i got a friend in trouble when i was in the fifth grade and you were required to try out for the choir in fifth grade and my my audition was so bad that my buddy started laughing and he got in trouble by the teacher because I was so bad at singing. There's a difference between self-confidence and pride. Number three, you seek to add value to others. You seek to add value to people. I know that I can't add value personally to everyone here But I can add value to a small group of people, and then they can add it to others. And through that method, hopefully everyone gets touched. Number four, you take responsibility for your actions. It's a tough one, isn't it? We like to blame circumstances or someone else for our actions. But a key to humility is being willing to take responsibility for your own actions. Number five, you understand the shadow side of success. You see, success can go to our brains. And it can turn success. That success can go from what God has done through us to what I've done. There's a shadow side there. We have to be careful about it. And then, number six, you're filled with gratitude for what you have. It may not be all that you want, different there. It doesn't have to be what you want, but are you filled with gratitude for what little you may have or what a lot that you may have? Whatever you have, are are you filled with gratitude for it? You thank God for what you have. So where did you see yourself in this list? Where do you feel like you could grow when it comes to Humility. See, once you've got humility lined up, sounds easier than it is, but once you have it all lined up and you know that you have a need for some assistance in dealing with your baggage, the next step is often one of the hardest. Give it all to Jesus. And it shouldn't be hard. But We struggle with that so much turning it over to Him, when that's all He wants us to do, is to give it to Him. Seems simple, but what exactly does it look like? How does it work? I want to give you an example found in the Gospel of Luke, starting in chapter 10, that I think may help us. It says, Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, meaning Jesus, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care? That my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her and said, Marsha, no, Martha, Martha, Martha. Only the older people would get that. (laughs) Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. The highlight of this passage is the example set by Mary. While her sister is worried and bothered by all the things in the world that need to get done, that we think has to get done, Mary seated at the feet of Jesus. What a beautiful picture. What a powerful lesson. I don't know about you, but I've spent far too much time being Martha in my life, worrying about whether things are set up right. Make time for Jesus. Sit with him. Sit with his word. Pray, journal, read. Tell him the things that you're anxious about. The things that you're thinking about. Even the things that you're worried and bothered about. See, this discipline was even modeled by Jesus himself while he was here on this earth says that he would regularly go off to be with the Father, to commune with Him. See, we understand any time spent with Jesus is time well spent. What can you do this week to have more intentional time with Jesus? What areas of concern, what baggage have you been carrying that you would like to give to him? Trust him. We ended last week's sermon with a similar point. We talked about trust as well in week one. And it shouldn't come as a surprise, then, that trust is a significant obstacle In the process. Trust takes time. And for some, it doesn't come easy. Think about a time when you've lost trust in something important to you. You see, it was a little over six years ago, six years and a week or so, that I found myself in San Antonio, Texas as a delegate at the General Conference Session of Seventh-day Adventists. For those of you who don't know the Adventist structure, what that means is every five years, Adventists from around the world come together for a, a big meeting. Well, every five years except for 2020 when COVID hits and shuts down borders. But 2015, I was in San Antonio, It was really my first experience in the politics of the Adventist church. And I was not ready for it. You see, it began pretty cool seeing Adventists from around the world speaking all kinds of different languages. Seeing thousands of people eating haystacks together. It started out seeming pretty cool. But then the meeting started. And if I'm honest, I came home from San Antonio not quite sure whether I trusted the Adventist church. There's a struggle going on inside. Because I saw the the underbelly of politics within our church. And I came home wondering, do I even want to be a Seventh-day Adventist? But what changed was that I came home and I saw this church and I said, I'm going to let go of the politics And I want to focus here. The ministry done here. The work we do in the community here. That is what kept me from leaving the Adventist church. I don't know if I'll ever be asked to go to another general conference session. If I am, I don't know whether I'll accept it. Because I've seen what happens when people struggle for power. And it's not a good scene. It's hard to trust. In his book, The Speed of Trust, Stephen Covey wrote this, low trust causes friction. Low trust is the greatest cost in life and in organizations, including families. Low trust creates hidden agendas, politics, interpersonal conflict, win-lose thinking, defensive and protective communication, all of which reduce the speed of trust. Low trust slows everything. Every decision, every communication, and every relationship. My question is, have you experienced low trust in your life? Have you seen the damage that it's done in your life? Have you seen the damage that it's done in your relationships, Covey goes on to say, simply put, trust means confidence. The opposite of trust, distrust, is suspicion. Are you suspicious of God? Or are you confident in God? Are you just waiting for him to drop the hammer on you, to reprimand you, to take everything good away from you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. You will experience trouble. You'll experience adversity, frustration in your life. None of us can avoid those things. But the promise we get to enjoy as sons and daughters of the Most High is this. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Trust him today. If you've never trusted him before, Trust him today. Cast all of your cares onto him. Toss all that baggage onto Jesus and walk a little bit lighter today because he cares for you and for me. Think about this for a moment. If God didn't care would he have shared his one and only son with each of us? If Jesus didn't care, would he have humbled himself to the point of death on a cross? See, Peter's not misleading us when he says, cast all your anxiety, all of your cares onto Jesus because he Cares for you and for me. So let go of suspicion. Let go of doubt. Let go of the baggage that you've been carrying for so long. And trust Jesus with your entire life. Today, If if it's never been done before, choose today as a day to let him carry that baggage. And every day after today, he will gladly take it. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you've never made the decision to turn everything over to Jesus, to surrender everything to him. If you've never done that, today is the day during this next song or after the service, I'm going to be up here. If you've made that decision to completely surrender to Jesus, come see me. Come talk to me. Let me know that you're there, that you're ready to surrender everything you have and everything that you are to Jesus. Heavenly Father, we've tried for so long to carry the baggage by ourselves. We can't do it. It will break us, but it doesn't have to. You're ready, you're willing, and you're able to carry all of that baggage. All we have to do is cast it onto you. You will accept it, and you will make our load lighter. Heavenly Father, today someone is making a decision to turn their life over to you. Give them that confidence to do it. If it's the very first time or they're rededicating their lives, help them to surrender it to you. Whether they're here in person or watching online, give them that confidence. End the suspicion. Thank you for all that you've done and will continue to do.